even now, what we see is that funeral homes know what the problem is, but they're maybe not looking for the solution. And even if they are finding the solution, you have to show them the solution and then show them how to use it to get to you to their answer. Yeah. And that's hard because it involves a lot of change of a process that's usually pretty ingrained. I mean, we had the same issue with ownership and our team, like kicking and screaming during implementation just because it's so new and it's a heavy lift. And I got a lot of heat during that two or three weeks that we started using it. And after that, everyone was hunky-dory. It's like, how could we ever live without Parting Pro? I'm like, why'd you yell at me? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the Direct Cremation Podcast with your hosts, Tyler Yamasaki and Will DeMichaelis. Hi, thank you for joining us on the Direct Cremation Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Yamasaki, CEO of Parting Pro. And as always, I'm here with my co-host, Will DeMichaelis former manager of the Omega Society, a cremation brand that served over 4,500 families in a single year. So, Will, um, there's no guests today. Uh, well, there's no third third guests. And today's going to be a little bit different, I think. Probably going to be talking about something that I'm always not really comfortable talking about. Yeah. Myself. Yeah. <laughs> I think we all have that a little bit within us. Yeah. We're both millennials. We grew up at a time when, uh, well, I am. I don't know about you, but I, I grew am. up at a time when uh, cameras weren't as readily available, you know? So seeing myself was always on a Betamax usually as a kid. Now kids are, you know, they probably see way too much of themselves. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I'm excited to, to chat today and kind of, I mean, we, we've known each other a long time, but I want to kind of dive deeper into your story, parting pros story. This is like a Marvel origin story movie. Uh, kinda, yeah, uh, the we'll hero frame it like that because you're a superhero, Tyler. Uh, I don't know about that, but thank you. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We've, I've actually never, I think, told the full story in a single setting. Um, yeah, publicly. Yeah, so I guess this would be a exclusive. Yeah, that's cool. I'm excited to to give you a chance to kind of articulate it for our guests and audience and kind of speak to the entire journey that you guys have gone through and creating what you guys have created. So I think, I think to start, like what was the start of parting pro and what were you doing before that? And kind of how, what was the, uh, what was the start to all this? Sure. I think we have to go a little bit back before parting pro. So I was not from death care I have the same entrepreneurial like story that a lot of people do is where I experienced death care for the first time when my grandmother passed away in 2014 mm-hmm. in dealing with the death care professionals and the businesses in death care. It just felt extremely slow and inefficient and yeah. kind of backwards. And my experience up until then had been all in online marketing. So, you know, nothing in death care, but just online marketing, learning SEO, SEM, PPC, all the things that, you know, we kind of tell all funeral homes they need to do. But I kind of specialized in that. And, you know, the first thing that I think was really apparent to me as a consumer at the time was I had no idea what was going on at any given time, right? When you're looking for services, you have no idea what prices are supposed to be. It, It didn't feel like anyone was really forthcoming with giving you that information. As someone who grew up on the internet, I felt like I wanted to have information with me before I walked into 
a funeral home or walked into actually starting to do business with them. And coming out of that whole ordeal, you know, I thought, well, I'm going to turn this industry upside down and, you know, disrupt this and disrupt that and all of this. And so originally, um, I got to go together with my college roommate and we started a company trying to do the hotels.com of the industry for consumers, right? Yeah. And, you know, we went out and we, we got all the prices of um, priceless and we put that online and made it easy for consumers to really find a funeral home in their area, look up pricing and do all that. As you know, and as many of our listeners will know, that model has uh, been tried many times before and after us. Yep. And trying to, I would say, minimize the importance of the funeral home, the funeral director, and that whole relationship, I think, is not something that one is maybe even ready for technology. But, you know, in dealing with death care, there's a very human element that cannot be replaced with any of that. And not only that is you have the consumer side, which is me or people like me looking for things online. And then you have a very low tech industry or profession on the other side, right? Who doesn't have any type of technical infrastructure built or anything like that. And and tech resistant. Yeah. I mean, in 2014, if we looked at the landscape then and we looked at the landscape now, it's probably night and day, right? Like we've made a ton of progress, not only naturally over the past nine years, but we've also been pushed forward. And we've talked about this through COVID and just consumer behavior and all of that, right? So but the problem was we went out and we built this website and we we were basically trying to be hotels.com. But if you imagine every hotel chain was still doing everything with pen and paper, booking wasn't done automatically, none of their pricing or services or pictures or any of that was like readily available, right? So right. there's really no infrastructure on the other side of that B2C marketplace that I guess you would you would call it. You know, as a company, we were this company out of kind of out of Silicon Valley, also working out of LA, we were working out of a garage of one of our first investors, like literally bought one of these large conference tables and we're sitting in a garage in the middle of summer trying to work on this. It was really hot. And we tried that for a couple of years, actually, where yeah. we were trying to figure out how we're going to get into the middle of this. And one of the biggest concerns, I think that we came across is that we were really building for one type of customer, which was our consumer, right? We were trying to give them all the information. But at the end of the day, the the people that have the money are the funeral homes, right? So we weren't building for the right customer, right? We were providing value to one person, but actually saying, okay, well, the person that's actually going to be benefiting or using the services, the other side, right? And so that was a really big revelation that, you know, we weren't really building for the right customer. We weren't solving the problems in the correct way. So we we had raised a little bit of money and we were working on that for, you know, two years. Companies were coming and going within death care, doing sometimes a similar thing that we were doing, launching mm-hmm. products, all of this. And um, we were actually on our last week of funds mm-hmm. where we decided that if we weren't going to be able to do figure something out really quickly if we weren't able to find more for more money to kind of fund the company we were basically going to close up shop i forget which day i think it was like a wednesday of that week 
And we had applied to a few programs up north um, in Silicon Valley. And we actually got into one like the week of us deciding that this was going to be our last week. How did it feel like coming down to the wire like that before you got access to the program? Uh, it was extremely stressful. Um, <laughs> I mean, it was, ex- it was stressful in a way where, you know, there's a lot of feelings of, okay, we failed, we failed our right. original investors. You know, we are on this journey where luckily at the time, I mean, luckily or unluckily, it was just me and, and me and Will at that time. Yeah. Not you, but my, my other co-founder. And so at least on who we're responsible for, who's under our payroll, who's relying on us as like a job, it, it wasn't that big of a deal, right? Because, you know, we would just go get jobs again, I guess. Yeah, yeah, sure. You know, it sucks. And there's all the emotion of the company shutting down and stuff like that. But, you know, we didn't have a whole payroll that of people that we had to kind of worry about. And so getting into that program, which, you know, did provide not only coaching and training and and like product help, but also gave us money. So we were able to use that, which then funded us to get into a position where we can then fundraise. One of the biggest things and turnarounds that we had during that was really focusing on our customer and who we're building for and what are the problems we're trying to solve, right? And coming out of that, we actually made a really hard pivot where that was kind of the genesis of Parting Pro, where we then saw the problem. We looked at the trends at the time, right? This was around 2015 now, like late 2015, early 2016. And we saw that, okay, we were essentially building a bridge, right? And we knew that the problem was this bridge from the high technical consumer to the very low tech funeral profession on the other side. Sure. So we're trying to build this bridge, but on the other side of that bridge where we're connecting to the low tech side, there was really no infrastructure there to receive that bridge, right? Yeah. So we looked at that. We looked at what trends were in death care. We saw cremations were on the rise. And, you know, I know cremation is just another form of like disposition, but it does provide you with the ability to do things a lot with a lot less options, right? Which then, you know, lowers the cost, which then can create the option to do things a little bit more transactional. Yeah. Um, and so we were able to kind of see those trends and kind of really jump on that, on that trend, right? One, we can do something where technology can replace a lot of this, of the initial, like maybe arrangement part of it. Two, families were much more willing to, you know, pay for something online when it's under, let's say, two, three thousand dollars, right? And if someone is not having to come in to arrange, you know, a cemetery and a plot and all these other different events, you can do a lot of that online, right? And so that was kind of our initial genesis of the idea of Parting Pro. I like how you dive into it. I have a question, maybe backing up a little bit. What were the conversations like around that pivot? Like you guys had kind of scraped by the skin of your teeth and you kind of saw the writing on the wall with parting. And were you both gung-ho about the pivot and heading all into that? Were there any reservations? What were those conversations like? Was Were you both on board and full steam ahead? Or was there any kind of hesitation at all? Given No, there, was, you know, there wasn't. And, and the okay. reason why is, okay, when we first got launched or, or came into this profession or industry and we were, you know, naive and, you know, we're going to disrupt and do all of this. And I remember the first call I had with a, a funeral 
director. He was actually an owner. They actually sold recently. I'm not going to say his name, but I vividly remember this phone call where he called and he, he basically yelled at me. Yeah. And, you know, there were talks of like legal action and all of this stuff. And I'm like, take my oh. pricing down. How dare ye? It was like, your, your pricing is all incorrect. And we corrected uh, it. Yeah. It was like, you know, their basic services was like $100 off or something because it was like a, a month old PL or something like that. And, you yeah. know, I remember that call pretty vividly because I was on the phone and, and here's this guy yelling at me about his business. And, you know, I knew what we were doing was something that was probably important. Right. I knew transparency was something that consumers wanted. And I knew yeah. that pricing was definitely a big question that is always thrown around, right? With any service. Yeah. But as I've come to realize, and, you know, with that pivot to Parting Pro, you realize like when you build something that actually helps the person that's you're, you know, maybe ultimately going to try to make money from, that conversation's a lot better, right? When you have customers that, are like, I really enjoy this service. I really love what you're doing. I, I This has made, this has transformed my business. This has had right. X, Y, and Z. That feeling feels a lot better and it feels right, right? You, you're building something that you know the customer that you're building that for is actually enjoying it, is actually finding value. And it was basically a no-brainer. I can speak to that personally with, with you guys as a user, you know, being being that customer and implementing your CRM. It's like, oh my God such a huge change, such a weight lifted off our shoulders operationally. And I'm sure I'm not the only yeah. to feel that. Yeah. Way. I mean, that's a much different conversation, right? Um, yeah. To you and doing something that is going to make your business better versus saying like, Hey, we, we have all these customers and you know, there's a percentage of, you know, leads that we're going to sell you, et cetera. Like that's, that's not a good business model and that doesn't necessarily make our customer happy. Yeah. Yeah. So we went through that. We started building, we started selling. Funny enough, you know, we had signed up a few customers here and there. It was working. We were getting some usage out of it. But our first actual big sale ended up being Omega Society. Really? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I don't know if I ever told you this, but you No, were, you did not. Yeah, you were within our first, I'd say, 50 customers. Cool. Yeah. Um, I Rad, Tyler. <laughs> that's yeah. that's sweet that makes sense i think because i i remember in like the parting pro url at like the back end of the url you can see like the total cases in parting yeah, pro. yeah it was very low at the time yeah and, and i was like okay if we're doing this many then we're probably like some portion of their their business right now yeah. and, and i, I don't, remember I that mean, growing i'm the last person to be like believe in serendipity and say that like there's fate and all this stuff. But our story has just been very interesting like that because I do remember that the reason that we were able to sell you so early on with maybe a product that was a little bit immature at the time was because you guys were in an area where we were able to drive through, right? We were maybe 45 minutes away from myself and Albert. Yep. And we had probably, yeah, I think it was four meetings with you. Yeah. And and Janet. And we sat oh, yeah. there and we went over basically every detail and every piece of it. And, um, you know, I don't think we, we get that sale if, you know, we were trying to do that over Zoom. I think at the time. Yeah. No, it, I, that, that's interesting because I, I know what got Janet to yes, very specifically. Mm -hmm. That was your adaptation of the checklist and using conditional formatting to pull <laughs> that data. Yeah. 
into like our daily list that we create. Yeah. And that got her to say yes. And it never worked. Yeah. We, uh, <laughs> no, it actually did work, but I don't think we ever fully implemented it. And then you, you're correct. I, I misspoke. It worked completely. It was extremely hard to implement and we gave up on it. Yeah. Almost immediately. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we didn't lie and we did deliver. I remember yes. Albert yes. spent, um, oh, hours and, and days trying to make that thing work and it did work but um yes and so what's funny is you know we we go through that situation where we were running out of money the week of we were like gonna shut down we get into this program that provides us money we go through this thing we we make the pivot because we went through that program we're now going through this we um finally land a you know a decent sized customer in omega society and the only reason that that happens is because we were in LA and you were in orange, which is, you know, not that far away. We were able to make the trip down and make those, you know, that meant a lot. Four, that meant a lot that you guys were accessible. Meeting. That accessibility really yeah. like lowered our stress level if anything were to happen or, you know, God forbid. Yeah, you like, knew where we lived. Down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And so from there, we were able to grow. I mean, it didn't come without struggles. We were still a very small company. Um, you know, there wasn't as much of an investment into death care as there is now, as we've seen with like companies like tribute and yeah, you know, a few of the others. And so, you know, we were growing and as you know, a lot of these investors and the way that they work is they look at companies where they can invest and they could grow super quick and then they can exit. Right. That's how an investor looks at a tech yeah. investment usually. And a lot of the problem with death care is it moves really slow, you know, unfortunately. Um, yeah. You know, we can't just, make a viral video and then all of a sudden everyone wants to sign up, right? Like it's a lot of in-person like you, it took four or five in-person meetings before we did that. You know, we look at our sales process and it takes 13, 14 touches before, you know, we can get to a yes. And so because of that, you know, we weren't well-funded, but we were still growing. We were still doing it. We were super capital efficient, meaning that we had to manage our expenses, manage our salaries, do all that. And we've been growing ever since. There was another time when we were about to run out of money again. <laughs> um, but this time we had probably 10 employees at the time. Okay. And, so a little bit more um, at stake. So a lot more at stake, yeah. a lot more stress, a lot more me sitting there and managing when payroll's going out and when we're getting paid and, right, right, and all right. of that. But then luckily we were able to actually raise our seed round at that time within the month that we were going to run out of money. <laughs> So cut it close, cut it close again. We've gone through a lot on that end of it to go through. And so like, that's why I empathize a lot with these funeral owners, because as much as like you think about them as like a funeral director, right? These are business owners. Yeah. They are ones that are doing the exact same thing, right? You, you're managing payroll, you're doing HR, you're doing a million other things that are not really related to death care. It's just business. You have to worry about marketing. You have to worry about your staff. You have to worry about overhead. You have to worry about buildings. Like you have to worry about all of that stuff. And, you know, that's kind of how it felt sometimes where I wasn't doing anything death care. I wasn't doing anything product related. It was just, I'm sitting here managing payroll and right. managing employees and trying to build a culture that allows us to kind of grow mm. in that manner. And so, um, yeah, it took a while, but now we're, I, I mean, we're not, 
we're still growing and we're still, yeah. you know, a startup, but we have, you know, quite a few customers now. I would say that you guys are pretty well established in the industry. I would say like if you were to ask, you know, a sample size of funeral directors, like what software companies in the funeral space do you know? I think if you were to ask them to name five, you'd probably be in there. Maybe. Yeah, I, I think I think we've been able to do really well at making a lot of noise mm-hmm. for the limited resources that we've had. Um, okay, that's great. Yeah. Because I think we came in as a, like a marketing company almost. We were able to use those tools to get in front of people that, you know, maybe it would have taken years or decades to get in front of, right? You know, a lot of the companies and vendors that are in this space spend lots and lots of money and lots and lots of time and lots and lots of handshakes trying to get in front of people. So I think having had been limited by money a little bit has caused us to be a little bit more crafty, a little bit more careful about how we're spending our effort and time to to getting in front of people. Yeah. Um, so that's just been a, been our journey a little bit. Yeah. What about the products journey? I'm curious to see like, how does Parting Pro look now compared to 2018 Parting Pro? Oh, man. Um, so there's a saying in tech that like, if you're not embarrassed by your first product or website, then you're not doing it right, or you're taking too long. And right, right. Uh, I would say that's the same. Like the first product we had was very limited in scope. Yeah, it was an online arranger, but you had basically no options. It was yeah. choose one package. Here's one cremation container. Here's yeah. one urn. I don't even know if keepsakes were originally there. I don't think we had them. Yeah. And then um, here's a few like questions. And then you go to the end of a cart. And there was no <laughs> there was no statement generated. There was it was really nothing. It was really just being able to like a shopping cart that took payment. Right. And a simple like email system that would email that link out to a customer. And that was and note taking you had a I think you had a note taking system. We yeah. had notes. We had yeah. no paperwork on the back end, so you couldn't sign yeah. a cremation authorization. You couldn't get reviews. You couldn't do the ID verification. Oh wow! Yeah, there was no customer care team that we have now. Um, yeah. So, you know, I was helping you do your implementation when you signed up, and then after that, I was doing your training, and then after that, you were kind of on your own. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. Yeah, but luckily, Will, you <laughs> you had a good grasp of your business and you knew kind of had... The reason that I think it worked well with, with you is because you and your brother had a real vision of what the technology can do for you, right? Yeah, And I, I think was- that you were a step ahead of a lot of your competition because even now, what we see is that funeral homes know what the problem is, but they're maybe not looking for the solution. And even if they are finding the solution, you have to show them the solution and then show them how to use it to get to you to the, to their answer. Yeah. And, and that that's hard because it involves a lot of change of a process that's usually pretty ingrained. I mean, we had the same issue with like ownership and our team, like kicking and screaming during implementation, just because it's so new and it's a heavy lift. Mm -hmm. Um, and I got a lot of heat during that like two or three weeks that we started using it and after that everyone was hunky-dory it's like how could we ever live without parting bro i'm like why'd you yell at me yeah (laughs) (laughs) 
I mean, that's what that's what we see a lot is the owners like, okay, we have this problem. We have someone coming in and is also serving our area and, and stealing cases from me or something like that. And yeah. we started this new brand. And I think they think that, okay, the solution is going to be just putting this website up. And now people are just going to go online and do it. And as much as I'd love to say that that's a hundred percent the case, that's just a small part of it, right? You still need that change within, within the business. And yeah. Um, you still need someone who's going to know how to use the tools that you've now been given to actually make a difference in the, in the business. I have a question for you. Yeah. This is a hot seat question. Okay. So I think one of the reasons that it worked well for us, like after a month or so, I think I told you that my goal was to be a t- in the top 1% of users of Parting Pro in terms yeah. of my ability. Do you think I was? Oh yeah, by far. I mean, especially at the time, <laughs> at, at the time, um, yeah, we probably tended to be a little bit bigger than we were at the time. I love that from you. I love yeah. the, I love the, the psych out. It worked yeah. good for you guys. Um, so yeah, I mean, Omega Society was, they didn't end up being our biggest user, but like you guys were our biggest for a long time. And even then yeah. after that, you were probably top three. I, I gotta say that like, I, loved you i just loved using it and and frankly like i even recall many times you guys rolled out updates and i was like i like the stupid dumbed down version that it was <laughs> yeah i mean we, <laughs> we then ended up adding like paperwork and e-signatures and stuff like that which i think, I think, I think when we i think when we came on you had that because i think maybe. that was a sell too yeah i mean panda docs is not perfect but yeah then again like as someone who can't like was in a environment that like forced me to like use creative solutions for like paper processes that I didn't like, I was just thrilled that I could create adjustments or workarounds on something digital, you know? And I used it just as like, I'll do anything to make it work as long as it stays on the freaking computer. I cannot go back to graph paper. I'll blow my brains out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know? we like to say that our mission is to create the best death care experience. Yeah. So obviously that looks different for different types of families, for different types of customers. And I think you guys did a good job of that. I know that when we we started, I think we had a feeling that we were one of your bigger customers. And yeah, one of the things that I thought was, I want to partner with this team because they can get a lot of good data from us. And I want to be able to give them feedback. Like, I think they'll value our feedback because we're a big, one of their bigger customers. And hopefully that can lead us to like help them build a better product for us. Yeah. You know, other brands, you know, the way that we build product is to understand what your problems are and to take that feedback and turn that into solutions. Right. And that's, you know, in, in all technology, that's really the way that you build the best product is really not only hearing what the customer says, but finding the most elegant solution for them to make it as easy as possible to, to get to their yeah. answer. Right. So, you know, we're small enough still and we're still building features, you know, every day that we still value feedback from our customers a lot. And, you know, I think it's surprising because sometimes people will request something and like their exact solution will show up in a sprint later or uh, in a new feature release because 
you know, I'll never say that we have the the most robust like feature set. Right. We haven't been around as long as some of these other companies, but I will say that usually the features that we do have, I would say that are are some of the best out there for for that solution. I would agree, and I think your UX was the best that I saw. Like I've I've edited a dozen funeral home softwares. Like most of them aesthetically looked like you were clicking around in like Windows 95. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I was just like, I, like, why, why is it like this? So, yeah, I mean, um, that, all that credit goes to our UX and UI designers. I mean, we, yeah. you know, that's someone that we, we value a lot to have on there to understand how to make things work in a way where it feels mm-hmm. nice. Uh, not just, you know, cause there's a million ways to do something. So we just yeah. want to make sure that we're doing it in a very elegant and easy way. But yeah, I, I think that even though we're in tech, I do feel like our my journey or the journey of our company is very similar to a lot of these entrepreneurial people in the industry doing yeah. the exact same, same stuff, same worrying, struggles. stressing, yeah. stressed out about the same thing, right? I think if, yeah. if all I could do is <laughs> if all I could do is focus on a problem and, and solve that, that would probably uh, leave me with a little bit less white hair and. You know, yeah. a little bit less stress. And I'm sure every funeral own, owner feels the same way where it's like, Definitely. we just serve families and not worry about everything else. I'd probably, you know, be a le- lot less stressed as well. Yeah. What does the future hold for Parting Pro? What, whether you want to talk about like a product roadmap or growth, or what's that look like? What are you guys concentrating on now? Our mission is the same. So we're just trying to create a better experience, not only for the families, but for the, the users the funeral homes, the funeral directors. Yeah. Upcoming is we are planning to launch uh, 3.0. So we've kind of, you know, like you were originally on the Arranger 1.0, um, which, you know, if an OG. It was an OG. It was not customizable. It looked very, uh, it looked good for the time. But if I look back on it now, I can't believe anyone used it like that type of feeling. <laughs> but then we launched 2.0. Before COVID, yeah, and we're currently working on 3.0. So 3.0 will be coming out. Uh, I don't know. I'm not going to give a timeline because uh, you know that always changes. But uh, 3.0 sure. is going to be very exciting. Um, and in the meantime, also working on a bunch of the the backend stuff that makes things easier for yeah the funeral director and, and the user itself. Do you think you concentrate more or less or equally in terms of like? a ranger experience or like back end features for like streamlining processes in the funeral home. The funny thing is we actually build for our customer, right? So our customer is the funeral homeowner. It's the funeral director. It's the user. The arranger is something that makes the funeral director look better. Mm -hmm. So as we come to develop these, a lot of what is going to happen with the 3.0 is that, it's going to open up and make things a lot easier on the back end because everything is connected, right? The arrangement is connected to the payment, which is connected to the statement, which is connected to all the paperwork. Yeah, paperwork, everything. As we are revamping the online store, it's going to also unlock all this different stuff on the back end that makes the the job easier. So we actually build for our customer, which is the funeral director. And if it makes sense, then that means that the arrangement will be better too. Yeah. So we build for the family by way of funeral director. 
that has been our mission since since the pivot a long time ago. I really appreciate that from you guys. It like means so much. And I mean, all of those features were like so important in helping us. Like, and I'm sure all your customers say this, but that helped us just manage our caseload and make it just a lot easier. I mean, we kind of like prior to parting pro, we didn't have anyone assigned to each individual case. We wanted to basically like, if you answered the phone, just help that customer, like mm-hmm. to prevent a callback or from like their yeah. counselor. And I remember like just having a source of truth with like notes and co- of the conversations like prior really allowed us to like do that and do it well. You knew where everything was. You knew that they had the paperwork. Like, hey, did you get my paperwork? Yeah, I yeah. see it right here. You know. Yeah, so. I mean, you guys, like I said, I, you know, I don't, I don't believe in serendipity and stuff. Although I like that movie. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, the fact that you guys didn't have that, you guys were still on pen and paper, and you know, we're local and we're massive, and did only cremations and yeah. you know all of that. Like, I, it all just kind of worked out. I was gonna lose it, Tyler. One more year of like 3,500 cases on a graph paper, I was going to lose it. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, I don't know how like, you guys did it so long, but, uh, you know. That, I think that was like, and I, I mean, I think we implemented Parting Pro in 2019. We got about like eight to 10 months on Parting Pro and then COVID hit. And I have no idea what we would have done without Parting Pro during COVID. Yeah, I mean, at that point, it wasn't, the arrangement and the paperwork that was your problem anymore, right? You were you were stopped up by like just physical capacity at that physical point. capacity, and even then we were limited. But I mean, everything went digital, and it forced everyone to become power users. Yeah, and I was actually thankful for it. And people were like, "Oh wow, I can't you know fax this, or why would I fax this when it's on here? You know, like I yeah. got other stuff to do in a lot of cases." So yeah, I think it really. And then we had to send people home to work from home. And, you know, they did it on their laptops. I mean, yeah, and there were varying degrees of success there. But I think overall, everyone was trying their best and really did their best. And I think Harding Pro really helped them do that. Yeah, I think um, COVID was kind of a necessary catalyst to getting everyone a lot more accepting of technology within the space. And I think that helps everybody, not just like us, but it helps you know, everyone, I think now you're seeing a lot more robust selection of vendors that do technology, you know, we're seeing AI being thrown around, which is, you know, good in some capacity. It's still teaser here on that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But you know, I, I do think that we're in a much better space, especially for us, right? When we were originally like going out with Party Pro and trying to like, introduce it to funeral homes, the conversations around that were a lot different, right? It was, hey, do you feel this like problem? Like people weren't even necessarily as problem aware as they were. Yeah. Right. We would almost have to tell them like, do you know why you're losing cases? It's because this guy down the street is able to do things a little bit more efficient and they're doing this and this and this. And then be like, oh, okay. And then we'd have to show them a solution. And then we'd have to show them how to use a solution. Now I feel like we're much more past Everyone knows what the problem is. Everyone sees the problem. Everyone can pinpoint why their competitor might be doing better or why, you know, why they feel like they could be doing more efficient and they're looking for solutions. Yeah. You can't hide behind like status quo anymore, you know, like, and, and COVID no. really 
COVID was an impetus for that as well. Like you might have just done something just on just because it was what you know, faxing or not e-faxing, things like that. And when you're forced with a situation where you can't do that or it's not feasible to do that, and you can't just say, well, that's the way we've always done it because you can't do it anymore, then you can't hide behind the status quo as a reason to not change because you're forced to do it. Yeah, this is the first time, I think, within the company where I feel like there's this energy of change. Yeah. You know, I have my own thoughts on whether all of it's good or bad, but there is this energy and there is this like feeling. It's like excitement, right? You, it's, it's exciting and there's this change coming that I could feel in nice. that care for everyone, I think. And I think it's I all going to be better. I agree. Right. You know, you're seeing a lot of new people coming into the death care that's not from death care, right? On the vendor side, on the technology side, all, even in the funeral side, you're seeing new owners. And, you know, we talked to Lily and she said that the legacy people graduating is what? Was it like 10% or something? 10% and 10% over half of them. Yeah. I think 70% are women and over half of her students. I think over half of mortuary science students, not even just Worsham, are online. You know? Yeah. Um, so it's a completely different, it's new blood coming into a very uh, traditional. Yeah, I, I think it's super exciting. And I think people are going to get better experiences because of it. And I'm here for that, you know, and I always love people getting five star experiences because experiencing grief and loss is hard. And yeah. you want the right people helping you and you want the right people in it for the right reasons. And if they are, you want them in the industry as long as as long as you can, you know, because they do hard work. So, yep, cool. So I'll ask myself what I think death care will be like in ten years. Tyler, what do you think death care looks like in ten years? To be honest, as quick as th- things are changing right now, I think things are going to look a lot different. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot less importance on the physical. You know, people don't want stuff anymore. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if like the whole physical part of the death care will even be around or matter as much as it does today. I think okay. a, a lot more virtual, a lot more, you know, memorialization in a, in either a digital or like even just like in a, in an experience type of way will become more important. Okay. So dude, I don't know if the, the normal funeral looks the same as it, as it did. I think gatherings will probably still be there, but I don't know if, it's going to necessarily be in the traditional church and or funeral home as much as they are as now as it is now. Fair assessment of what you're saying is they maybe they won't look the same. Maybe they'll be smaller and more probably there will be like GoPros in those rooms live streaming it. Possibly. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's just a completely virtual spot. I don't know. I personally, you know, Want, want my funeral at crypto.com arena just like <laughs> you know those famous people but uh no i'm kidding um but yeah I, I i do think that we're starting to see you know the less the less traditional and i think that there's going to be a new type of memorialization that that happens and it's going to be the adaptation of the people that are living right because it's yeah it's all i mean funerals uh, themselves are are for the living right yeah and so, you know, as, as people go further along, you know, and there's less importance on like physical stuff, I do feel like that there's going to be more of an 
online or maybe online memorialization. I don't know. I mean, I'm interested. I think that I know I've heard so much from both sides and both sides of like give passionate arguments as to why like that'll be the case. I'm excited to see how it all turns out or, or if, you know, there's space for everyone to get what they want. Oh, yeah. I, I 100% think that there's space for everyone. I'm just saying, like, yeah. I think that, you know, we're going to be seeing things that we don't see today. Yeah. And with the rate of technology moving, you're going to see things that we probably can't even, like, fathom today because yeah. that technology doesn't even exist yet, right? Yeah. So, you know, it could be amazing or it could be Black Mirror. Who knows? Probably a little bit of both. I think yeah, we're living probably. in a Black... I think we're living in a Black Mirror episode and have been for, like, two years. So... Just, yeah. just the continuation of this season of Black Mirror. Yeah. <laughs> the, <laughs> the simulation is real. The simulation is real. Yeah. I'm ready for, you know, the next black hole to just eat us all up. We're good. I'm fine. Yeah. All right. <laughs> cool. Well, uh, thanks, Will, for letting me share my story. Absolutely. Uh, I really appreciate you giving us all those details about Parting Pro. I think it really humanizes the software that you guys give to the industry and I mean, I couldn't speak more highly of it. I mean, I was always a big fan of Parting Pro. They saved our behinds during the pandemic and allowed us, us to do a, a lot of really adaptive and efficient work within the space and our arrangers to do that work as well. So I speak really highly of them and they were always within reach whenever we had a problem. So No, I, I appreciate that. And I that. think as we go along, we want to be able to keep that feeling right? Like you can always t chat with someone, you can always call someone. I mean, yeah. most, of, most of my customers, I think most of our customers have, <laughs> and, and maybe I should have done this differently, but they have my cell phone because it's always in my signature, <laughs> email signature. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that feeling is, is going to be here for a while. And, and that's kind of what we like. And I empathize with everyone that has their own business because it, it's, it's never yeah. easy. Cool. Well, cool. thank you very much. Um, thank you, Tyler. Thank you for listening. I am uh, Tyler Yamasaki. And I'm Will Michaelis. Yep. Catch you guys next time. See you. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. If you ever want to know more, please find us at directcremation.com. 